So I really, like, that's one of my favorite things about your philosophy of training is you focus so much on that proper leadership and that relationship between the, between the handler and the dog. And um, it's not authoritarian. It's right. like it's mutual respect, and you're building that dog up to you, and and it's it's just it's teamwork, and it's not it's not ran like a dictatorship. Right. And I think right. that 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 philosophy carries over in so many different aspects of our yeah. lives, and every and uh, all different kinds of stockmanship. So, yeah. do you want to just go? Can you expound, expound on that on a little that? bit? Yeah. Yeah. If you want, to point me in a direction with it. Yeah, but. Uh, but really, life is fun when you're working alongside someone to achieve a mutual goal, right? And I find with a dog, it's just so much more fun if you're both tapped into something. If all I'm doing is just whistling left to right, stop, start, forward, back, I can play a video game and get the same amount of satisfaction. Um, but but when you're like when he's working his guts out and like we said, willing to give his life for this task because he understands it and it's always been fair to him and he's tapped in genetically like he's built to do it. Um, it's incredibly gratifying for both people. We're getting our job done. We're loving how it's happening. And the dog is more fulfilled than it could ever be because this instinct's been God-given to it and it's being fulfilled. And, and part of, I think, what makes it, what helps them want to do it and want to work for you and actually listen to what you're asking them to do is the fact that their instincts are being fulfilled. When we, when we train in a way that it's zero about the dog and it's all about our goals, now now there's not as much in it for the dog and in my opinion you're going to have less joy and and you're going to have to use some levels of discomfort because that's your motivation to keep them doing it whereas when if we think about it as okay this whole program of starting this pop is going to be 50 percent of my goals 50 percent of their goals there's some days he's on a really little bugger it's gonna be 80 percent of my goals because you're not killing another sheep yeah. but then there's other days or he ain't having fun and I timing's been poor and I made a lot of errors. It's going to be 90% about him feeling fulfilled and just a little bit about Jared. But we're going to look for that 50-50. And if we look for that 50-50, A, he's not going to get trained wicked fast because it's not all about my goals. Those aren't his goals. He's been given different goals. But it's going to be 50% about his fulfillment and then 50% about my goals. And as we build that way, it takes a little longer. But at the end, you have a dog who loves his work, never feels cheated in doing his work and feels that in his brain it's all about him. He just can't believe we're giving him this opportunity every day. And it's like, okay, go and beat on, no, I shouldn't say beat on, go in and move some sheep. All right, and in, in that dog's world, you give him a flank, like I think of my old Rex, and in his brain, it's like, all right, I get your flank. It's like, okay, fair, I'll go clockwise for a while, Jared, knowing that at some point he'll let me go in and do what I like to do, which is move stock. You give him a there and he rolls forward because that's his work, he loves that. And that flank is just this pesky redirection until his next chance to go and do the work. And so I, I think of it that way. I don't think of a flank as work. I think as a flank is just your pathway to work. Yeah. The work is moving stock. And when we get wrapped up in teaching flanks at eight months, I'm not sure the dog learns to understand what his job actually is. Yeah. No, that's good. So when you have a pup, whenever you start your pups, um, you go into a pen, you mm -hmm. sheep. Yes. And what is the first thing you do? You take your leash off and say, have at her. You say, yeah. I want you to, at some point today, kind of bring them towards me. I want you to just get a little confidence and we'll leave. What is your goal? Right. right. When they're young, Allison, um, and we could put any age, but really we just say shortly after they've turned on, you know, whatever age that is. Um, yeah, I typically do in the small, well, yeah, I do it in a small pen now. <laughs> I, 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 I like, 
so often oh this should be fine and it's never fine it's never fine <laughs> yeah over and over i'm not sure i've learned but i keep doing it there yeah but like a smaller pen or corral hopefully quiet sheep if you got access to them um and put them in and yeah my first few times is really just observational it's kind of like let the pup do what it's going to do and i just want to i don't want to get wrapped up working around it much because then i'm going to respond and excuse me and this isn't about me responding or training this pup this is me learning this is my first chance to learn who this pup is so i want to stand there and be all eyes and all watch and say oh the sheep did that and they squared up to this dog for five seconds what did the dog genetically want to do did it want to quit did it want to eat poop as a bit of a distraction did it want to like flank around okay that's fair or did it want to stand there and lock up or did it want to roll forward like those are the things i want to see and I, so I, I really don't work around it much unless it's getting hairy. Then I'll go in there and just kind of help things get, keep, stay mobile and out of, con, out of a wreck. But otherwise, those first few times are really just, that's my homework. That's my time to see what does God give me in this little dog. Because if I don't know where he's genetically strong and where he genetically is going to need help, I ain't going to be able to help him. I'm just going to yeah, put him through a program. Really. 100%. Yeah, like if, we have a, if I just throw him into a program, I haven't done justice to him. And life's too short to make them all the same. Like I want to, like if he's genetically super strong in one area, we're not going to work on that. We're going to help him where he, yeah. you know, the the balance of that, right? The part that's not as strong. And so, yeah. So those first three works, it's really to me, it, it's homework. I don't do it at the end of the day in the dark. That's that's when I want to be most alert and I'm most aware and most enjoying this and in tune to do justice to the pup. I want to see who he is and what is he genetically gifted toward you know yeah if he's real flanky it's like okay okay we know that that's all good he's good lateral we're gonna do a lot of stuff to just help him pull forward pull forward and see how the dog responds and may not stay at our place but it'll be good somewhere um if the dog's just wild and crazy okay we gotta get this dog settled might not be ready to be working yet uh, but even otherwise we're gonna be doing a lot of things in the yard to settle his brain down he knows when jared brings you somewhere you're at a lower level of excitement don't matter where it is um just whatever we can do and if he wants to roll in there and just start pushing stuff around we're going to take a big smile <laughs> and let him push stuff around for a while keep him out of a bind give him a kiss put him back to his kennel because <laughs> he'll probably stick around for a while yeah yeah so so i think the first few works that way more than getting them to do something and then once we've made that assessment then it's okay now we have a bit of a plan and then we say okay the, the dog appears to be genetically strong here there's always going to be a counterbalance. The one that's really straight is not going to be a good flanker. So we're going to help teach him some bend. Don't want him to learn to flank. I don't want him to think in his brain he leaves pressure. No, you don't. But when Jared steps towards you and taps you with a pop bottle, you bend. Oh, okay. And then I get my sheep. Dude, every time. Every time. So I bend, I get sheep. I bend, I get sheep. Right? So you see the difference? So we just need him to be willing to do it when asked. But his reward is always move sheep pressure. His reward is not run around sheep. That's never the reward. Yeah, I liked it uh, that clinic we were at the other weekend where you said you want them dogs to be addicted to pressure. Yes, and never to deviate from that. Yes. And I just thought that was that was really really good philosophy. Yeah, I don't. I actually find a lot of people have that same philosophy. I feel like it's kind of the opposite, or they have to deal with pressure, and then they put them in pressure situations, and they just let them leave. Right. You know, and I feel like oh, I struggle with that too. Right. But um, yeah. but I find that was really changing too and I've been working towards that now even facing the sheep like you know when you flank your dog or like send it on out run always to face the sheep and it's built a lot of confidence in my dog since then yeah just because every time 
they have to walk up on them sheep. It's not they get to take a cheap shot. That's right. Go to the side and sneak by them and say, "Oh, now I'm here." Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like I, I, I agree with all that. When they're young, we're kind of formulating how they're going to view work, right? So if we just make them look good to us because we know what points in a trial, that dog doesn't know what gets points in a trial, and 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 not good or bad otherwise. I mean, shucks. I'm not. I'm not the guy to make a good, well-rounded trial dog. It's been proven. So, like, no, like, just I'm being honest. There are. There, there, it's a different set of skills. And it's a different direction, right? So, I, I give all the credit in the world. There's, there's a couple guys that I just marvel at. Um, it's tremendous. But, but, but as far as for a shepherd and dog, yeah, I want them to always seek pressure, and, and seek it because they love it and they crave it and they want to kind of show themselves off. Right, and so we can really do a lot as a young puppy. Even one that doesn't like pressure, there's a lot we can do to have them just attract themselves to pressure. Just because in their brain, there's never been an option not to. And pretty soon, they're like, "This is just what I do." And even if they don't have a pile of power genetically, just the fact that they didn't hesitate, that they just went to pressure and rolled in. Sometimes your sheep or your cows won't even read power much because they'll be, "Holy crap, he's just coming," and they'll turn because he's not hesitating. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and vice versa, not to get too deep into it, I've seen strong dogs that have presence trained off of contact, always pushed off, always pushed off. And I'm asking the question with that pup, I'm saying, okay, what have we taught that pup? Well, he needs to be out this way of control. No, 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 what have we taught him? What does he believe about work after this session? Not what our goal is, what, what have we done to his brain? And I feel some of them, they start to believe that, you know, within those 13 feet or those 15 or those seven, whatever we've determined, we keep pushing you out on, I'm not allowed in there. That's not where I work. Oh, don't worry, later we'll bring him in. Okay, but you've already told him he don't belong there, he's wrong. So now you see that dog later in life, some of them that, that I've worked, as they penetrate that area that they were pushed off as a pup, their whole posture changes. And that cow sees it and all of a sudden their head is up and you, mm -hmm. they get less hunty and they start lifting their feet out and, and pushing their chest out before their head. And, and they're, these sheep and cows aren't dumb. I mean, they're prey animals by nature. They're reading that this dog is totally hesitant. There is no authority left in this dog. And so in my mind, that, that's human created. And we want to do the opposite. The closer it gets pressure, the more I want to see that dog power up yeah. and belong there. Yeah, and feel like it belongs there. What's, um, what's the, one of the proudest moments you've had with a dog when you're at work? It doesn't have to be mm. a child or just, you know what, you've seen dog really help you out that day is probably important. I love that question. It's the best. Allison, that is the, do you ask everybody that question? Uh, I've asked a few, but Good. I, I really like it. That's the best question. I, that, I love that question. The reason I like that question, probably more than my answer, because I have to think of my answer, is because that's what it should be about. Yeah. It shouldn't be about what trophies to hang in. I mean, those are great things, because they're always earned. You don't get them by accident. Every yeah, trophy you get was earned. And you and your dog did incredible work. But, but again, if it's partially about us and partially about the dog, when are those moments, be it at a trial field, because that could be the most best. I watched one run um, of uh, Scott Glenn and Alice a year ago. Uh, it's implanted my head forever. It was at the Mancota finals. It was incredible. The dog just, Scott and that dog were just incredible. And I'll always remember that as some of the nicest work I've ever watched. Um, what I like about your question though is, is some of the nicest work we ever see won't be in front of a crowd. That's right. it, there won't be awards attached to it. It might be rainy, crap-ass weather, right? Like, it, it just could be whatever situation. And you want to take that moment and you want to plant in your brain and take a minute to cherish it and yeah. bring it back all the time. Because in the dog's world, that may have been 
the world championship. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know the difference. They're just there doing their job. And so to the dog, they just might have won the world. Right, just doing your chores because that job was as difficult or as challenging as it could have ever been. Some of my, some of the ones that have, I, I think of certain dogs, and as I think of certain dogs that have lived all their life for with us, and particularly in shepherding jobs, with each dog I kind of have a picture. I had a Rex dog that was bred by Peter Pam Garnett, and um, and he, I felt very blessed to have had him. He was a challenge in a lot of ways, but. Uh, the amount of work that dog did day after day after day and I believe it shortened his life at the end I mean he worked through a lot of heat and he worked through but he only did that because he had the the quality to do that um, but the same thing never back down from nothing never and uh, and and some of my two two memories with that dog particularly would be one time I was on a new piece of ground grazing and it was it was just junky it was a lot of rock ridges and there was uh, sloughs on one, two sides of this rock ridge and I didn't really re realize it narrowed up at the far end and I was on my horse on the other end and, and I thought we were just going to drive him through this little land bridge and bring him back around and meanwhile my dog was shoving him all into the water at the far end <laughs> which I legit didn't know <laughs> I was probably a quarter mile away <laughs> so all of a sudden I'm like man these sheep just ain't coming around that water and I was like, started loping up there. I'm like, oh my goodness. And, and we're talking probably 150 in the water. Like, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing. And so I was like, okay, we got to do something about this. And I sent him around, and that son of a gun into the water and swam him out and took every flank. Every flank. The lie down was a little sketchy. He started, yeah, he, he literally started to sink on me a couple times. And then I'd be like, well, oh, he'd get back to swimming. <laughs> like, I, I've never seen it in my life, but he worked in the water like he worked on ground. And, and that was just cool. I was just like, this is cool. Boneheaded by Jared, but cool. And another time with that dog, I remember phoning Peter right after it happened just to, just to share the moment with him. Um, it was probably six or seven or eight years ago. He was sorting sheep at home and don't have much for handling stuff. Good perimeter fence because we love our neighbors, but not much inside that. And I was sorting sheep to go home to some producers after a grazing project and just do it with my dogs, just in the field, sorting off groups. And son of a gun, if I didn't have like, I think all but three from one group, you know, done. And, um, and anyway, so I, so I think I let two, so I sloughed two to go to the thing that was going to go to the semi, the group. And one got by with it, and I called him in, and, and my timing was poor, and he just couldn't quite get there. Got to the shoulder of the animal, but it darted off into the group of my hundred or whatever that we're going to leave. And, uh, oh, and I was kind of dejected. I was like, sucker, and the semi's going to be here in a few minutes. And son of a guy, I couldn't stop him. Just like my dog yesterday, he knew the job, and there was no whistle, and the was going to stop him. He pulled into there, and would you believe he come out with that animal? Exactly. And I've never seen him in my life. He disappeared into the sheep and walked that one out. And I just stood there like I was at a theater and just watched it. Never seen it again. But after I laid my dog down, I phoned Peter and told him, because I was like, dude, I, I had just seen something I've never experienced from a dog you bred. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Well, when we asked uh, that question to Peter, it was kind of a similar story. Was it? Was it? Very similar, yeah. So it was a yearling that busted out, though. And and it's interesting because everybody's, you know, well, Peter and yourself, it's like, well, I just stood there and watched him. It wasn't yeah. what I asked the dog to do. It's no. what the dog went and did. Right? And so, and this yearling busted out. And it was, this dog cut it back and forth like a, like, like, like like a cut horse. Yes. And it was like a quarter of a mile out there just and never brought it back. Ground, he said, and just yeah. walked that thing. And he followed him for quite a while, this dog. And then eventually the, the yearling just kind of said, all right, turned tail, and he trotted him all the way home. Nice. Was, yeah. yeah, he said it was yeah. just incredible to watch. And he said he, he never said a thing. He just stood oh. there in the field and watched it because he's not going to do anything. Is that not
Yeah. Is that not a testament to our role in this whole thing? No. It ain't all about us. No. Right? And I think if we we're can learn that, special. yeah, we, right, we're just a piece of it. Yeah. We're a piece of it. And if we can let that sink in, and myself on a daily basis, if I can actually let that penetrate the brain, we're going to value these dogs oh, yeah. for what they are and what they can do, not just for how they make us look. And, and we're also going to value um, the one who gave them to us and, and just the whole world around us. And I think it's a good gig. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what makes the sport special, I think. Yeah. That relationship. And, yeah. So. Um, as far as other proud moments. Yeah. I got the, I had an old Bryn dog. And she's the mother of my bud and my student. She's actually mother or grandmother of everything I have right now that's yeah. a keeper. Um, she was she was one that made us made us proud on a lot of occasions too. She was a tremendous shepherd and dog, and and what I found with her, she could just find sheep, and you wouldn't know how. Like like there's a couple times I can remember south of Saskatoon on the riverbank there, and it's pretty brushy and sand hilly, and and I I'm convinced we got everything, and she'd keep turning back. Just finally, said, okay, go, and it'd be 15, 20 minutes. She'd come back with seven or six that were down on the edge of the riverbank, and, yeah. and you know, a quarter mile away or whatever, like through a bunch of brush. So I couldn't see him. If I couldn't see him, she could. But that son of a buck just could sense sheep, and I don't know how or what. And the only other dog I've seen with it is is her bud, my bud dog that she had as a pup. Yeah, and uh, and him too. Like you send them, and I'm like. That is the craziest outrun path I've ever. And if he doesn't scoop up sheep, I didn't know we're there, right? Or and that's true teamwork, right? Like it's, it's like cool. They're actually working with you, not saying, "Yeah, I'm kind of too late to grab those." Right? The truck's closer. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah they're right. committed. You know, I like that. The dog being committed to the job, I think we're responsible for, for a big part of that. Like they're born either being losers or, or wanting to do it. Like they are. We have to be able to pick through that, but but we can take that out of them we can just say no you're you you do as you're told you got no responsibility but if we give them responsibility son of a gun if they don't rise to it right like them are two dogs that i just really felt boy like the less i'm involved and the more i just tell them the job the better it gets done like i don't gotta tell them how to do it i just gotta tell them what we're doing um and i think we can be a big part of, of building that that pride in them that they want to do the job right even like we can call the fixer well, he knows his job is to make crap give, and and I just gotta I just gotta turn him loose and he'll pick it out, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, like it is in a way like we I think it's it's okay to value that stuff, right? And let them be a big part of the program. Yeah. So it sounds like you breed more than you buy, or do you try and seek stuff to buy as well? Yeah, I'm not. I haven't been good at buying. Um, not scared to. Yeah. A little reluctant to now, <laughs> but I, I haven't had I haven't done well at. at, at buying stuff that's stuck around yeah um yes yes yeah yeah so we've been looking for outcross for sure and and certainly found some that we feel the qualities lend themselves well to what interests us and uh and and so have a little bit of that right now but um but no as far as outside pups that aren't kind of related to two lines they uh we're really narrow right now and i wish we weren't i wish we weren't i wish we had a more diverse um bloodline than we do have we're pretty narrow and uh such that i got a couple i got a young female that to me is looking really good she is young younger than i usually am willing to bit, get real confident on but i'm really liking what i see and right now i have nothing i could breed her to and i've got uh two males that have just been incredibly good solid work dogs for me and i got no females i can breed them to i got one female i can breed them to um, 
we're getting very narrow. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'd love to see that change. So we're working on it, but right now haven't quite found the right key. Yeah. Do you have any pups on the ground right now? Are any litters planned? Or yeah, we have a, I have a litter planned. Yeah, so, uh, but she ain't bred yet. Um, she's had three litters of pups for us, so it shouldn't be an issue. Pretty but proven. yeah, yeah, that's right. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to putting my bud dog to her. Yeah. yeah, he. I don't have any pups off of him. I've trained a few from him, and uh, and and they're they're making real nice work dogs. And he's getting at an age where it won't be forever. So yeah, I definitely am going to put him to a female we have. Yeah, yeah, look forward to that. Well, is there any way like? People can find you. You have a Facebook page or digital website, or is it just like, you know, here's my number. If you want to yeah. come for a lesson at a clinic, reach me here. Jared's real poor at marketing. <laughs> 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 I didn't expect it from Dale Montgomery, but stockman, but not good business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, to be totally honest with you, I'm not on Facebook. Yeah. Haven't been. I got no website. I got no business cards. I got nothing. Do you want to just way. announce your number? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, my email would be greatest okay. because um, often we get phone calls during the day and you're working and you're right. and I don't get to all of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, email is j a r e d e p p at littleloon.ca. I'll link that in there too. Yeah, that would be yeah. perfect. Yeah, because then you guy can get to it and, and respond. Sure. And yeah, and, and part of if I can just part of that has been has been uh, just you can just put this in or not, Allison. But I found the more I was no one was going on other places and the more the more i was just connected with stuff the less i was enjoying my dogs and so i made a decision that we're just it ain't going to be about money we're going to trust the money will come if we do a good job but we're going to stay focused on a result and and a goal that fits us which is the types of dogs we talked about and so if that results in little money we'll live with little money if that results in good money we'll result but we're going to stay committed to that because life is too short to chase what's popular and chase what's and, and and follow what everyone else is doing because that may not be the something that brings us fulfillment yeah. and found that it didn't and yeah you know, peter and pam said the same thing they said that they've stuck with the same dog they haven't followed kind of you know what's in style Trends. at the moment and they just said you know this is the dog that we like works for us we're keeping it and that sounds like it works for you too and obviously yeah. you've had success with it yeah yeah it's been a good match for us Perfect. yeah all right well thank you for sitting here and talking to us hey for my pleasure an hour or so but my pleasure. yeah if you want to email jared about anything then do that and i'll link his information there and we will talk to you later perfect